form or clarify the church's uh, mission. And I didn't do that, so it's been actually almost a year and a half since I, I feel like I keep doing this all the time. But then when I look at the calendar, it's been a year and a half. So we're going to take these next three weeks and kind of do a, do a quick survey of, of the mission of the church. And Jesus said, uh, there's two scriptures, first one in Matthew 22, verse 36. Before you read it in New King James, it says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? It's actually a lawyer. We like being asked questions by lawyers. Yeah, you know, it's not a good day when that happens. <laughs> so this lawyer asked Jesus the question, Which is the great commandment? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And then in uh, Matthew 28, 18-20, it's another very common verse. It's uh, Jesus' final words to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. He said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And these two verses over the centuries uh, have become known as the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. The Great Commandment to love God and love others, the Great Commission to go and be uh, witnesses for Christ. And so that kind of uh, is, a, is a formulation of our, our mission taken as a church. Um, the great commandments, living the great commandments, and fulfilling the great commission. You know, it's the job responsibility of the head of a company. If you're a CEO of a company, or the president of a company, or you're the founder of a, of a, of a business, it's your job to determine the, the mission and the vision no mission needs. What are we going to do? Yeah. What are we going to do? Like, I want to start a business. Really? What kind of business? Oh, I don't know. Let's just see their office and see that. Like, theater. Hire some people. <laughs> we'll figure that out later. <laughs> you need to find out about business. <laughs> you got to have something to do. <laughs> and, uh, the vision is really what it looks like. But what we're going to do is, it's, it's the head of the company that, 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 that formulates that. Well, Jesus is the head of the church. Did you know that? It actually says that in Scripture, that he is the head of the church. And he has clearly communicated the mission for his church, his, his uh, followers. And we are one of the churches. Uh, I, along with a lot of other pastors, you know, I like to say I learned it from a friend of mine in Kalamazoo. The church account there's one church in Kalamazoo and many branch offices. So this is one branch office of the church of Kalamazoo. And we all have this uh, mission to fulfill, to live the great commandment and fulfill the great commission. Uh, our job is to obey that. You know, we don't have to come up with a mission statement. And uh, we just have to obey it. And there's nothing wrong with contextualizing or making a, a mission statement that makes sense in our context. In other words, kind of rephrasing the words so that it makes uh, it's meaningful for our day 
and age or in our city. And that's really what living the great commandment, fulfilling the great command, uh, living the great commandment, fulfilling the great commission, or, or boiling it down, I kind of we kind of uh, uh, distilled it down to three words, loving, learning, and, and leading. And we'll be talking about that over the next three weeks. Today, talking about loving. We've already read from Matthew uh, the great commandment where he says, this is the first and the great commandment. We're going to read the same uh, uh, reference or, or story uh, excerpt from the book of Mark, chapter 12, verse 29, also in the New King James. So Jesus says this is how it's recorded in the book of Mark. Uh, he was getting asked, uh, which is the great commandment, and Jesus answered him and said, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. The second is like uh, the second like it is this: you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Actually, that here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He is a the name of the Hebrew term for that. And uh, Shema. Huh? Shema. Yeah, the Shema. And uh, uh, a religious Hebrew says that every morning, first thing out of his lips, last thing out of his lips before he goes to sleep. It's, Folks, this is a love. 
those words that I just read really encompass all the aspects of life, don't they? No. Desire, pleasure, <laughs> admiration. No? Admiration, that's something that guy can latch on to. We demonstrate this love, this level of love. If, if love's first, we demonstrate that by our acts. What you do, by our words, what you say, and by our thoughts that you allow to reign in your mind. And all of those things flow from your heart. Um, if you think or do things contrary to the Lord, to what is pleasing to Him, that means that your heart is still divided, that, you, that love hasn't conquered uh, your heart. And you know what? To be honest, we all do that at times, don't we? We find ourselves doing something contrary, thinking something contrary. I, I mean, have you ever been, have you ever contradicted yourself? Have you ever done something that you wish you hadn't done? Have you ever done something and then five minutes later said, <laughs> And so we contradict ourselves, don't we? And so we also contradict what we think that we know are not pleasing to the Lord. It can be the meaning of it. Does that mean we have no love for God? We can have love for God, but there's still some parts of our hearts that are divided. One, one, uh, one uh, uh, author teaches us we need to evangelize our heart. There's part of our heart that has a purpose to do. When we do something that's contrary to the, to the desires of the Lord, that reveals that there's something in our heart that's not in agreement. And maturity is being always in agreement with yourself. Alright? Are you hearing me? And if you have come to the place where you love God, that means having everything in your heart, your actions, your words, and your thoughts, as well as your feelings, in that state of being uh, eagerly pleasing to you, affectionately admiring you, constantly resting in God, being supremely pleased and satisfied with Him as your portion. That's what it means to love God. And then what's about this loving God, loving nothing but in reference to Him, as they relate and are regulated by Him. Alright? So what, what I'm trying to do is unpack this idea of love. Because everybody thinks they know what love is. Certainly television shows, you know, talk about love, movies talk about love, but what, what love, what is love really? And, it, and, and here it says, uh, uh, that not, we, we love nothing but in reference to Him as they relate or are regulated by Him. It means our love, our affections, our desire, values, even our refusal, I don't remember in the quote, it says that things that we hate or things that we have aversion to or dislike must be in reference uh, or as they relate or, or are regulated by the love of God. I'm going to go too deep for some <laughs> Of the things you hate, of the things that displease you, in tune with the things that displease God. 
For do you think that who you are, that is this personal, your personal issue? And God saying, you know what? That's not the big deal. You know what the big deal is? It's other thing. And you all have to ask it with me. You have to say, I know. We're hearing That's having something regulated by God. Alright? That's not me having an issue with, with that person or that race or that political party or that idea or that, you know, that ideology, you know, are you hearing me? Apart from my relationship with God. So instead of getting all upset and allowing even aversion, I don't like being around those, that, it, whatever. Period. I, I go to God and say, God, what's your viewpoint? How should I relate to that? And you learn from God, you say, well, this is how I relate. I acknowledge this is wrong. But you know there's somebody in that person that I died for. And how can you reach him with my love? And then you go, wow. The big issue isn't their political opinion or their, uh, life, uh, uh, their, their sexual orientation. There's something that I have to get to. And if, and if God can touch that deeper place, maybe some of those other things will, will, will fall into line with God's will. It's not saying that behavior and, and things are wrong. Are you hearing me? It's saying love first and love big and allowing our desire, even our dislikes, to be in reference uh, to our relationship. We need everything in our relationship. Our relationship with everyone and everything is mediated by our love of or for God. Uh, we see our relationship with everything in relationship to our relationship with God. Okay, that sounds like a lot of, I said I, I used the word relationship three times in that sentence. But isn't that what love really is like? You know, you fall in love and when you fall in love, like before, I remember I had a roommate, we hung out all the time in college. You know, we did everything together. So we, we, we just got come as roommates together. And the first year, we became friends. And we came back the second year, we both got saved. So we were on fire for God. We were really good friends at this point. And we just did everything together. So Captain showed up. <laughs> We still did a lot together, but you know, bad my choice. Is that day down today? See you later. You know, you know, but you know, because I wanted, because that love, I still love now, but I fell in love, and so that love mediated my time and attention toward every other thing. When you're in love, you not only want to respect your, the person that you love's desire, but you want every part of, of your life to be in sync with theirs. And you want to share what, you're, what you love, and you want to have a share in everything they love. 
What do we have to do? We have to love God and love others. How do we do this? We love first and we love big. We love those who are not unlovable. We love our enemies. We pray for those who use us. Are you hearing me? We love others. And the best measure of your love for God is how you treat others. Because how can you say you love God if you're living hatefully? Everybody says, well, I don't hate. But it gets motivated out of hate. If you diss other people, the Bible says that's a reflection. But you're, you're dissing. You're disrespecting someone who's decided. So that reflects how you love God. That reveals your relationship. You're not letting God mediate that part of your life. And God says you need to love first, and then you need to love on a grand scale. You need to love big. And the source of it is Him. As it says in, Rome, in Romans 5, it says, Hope does not disappoint, because the love of God is been poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. For while we were still uh, without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would not dare to die. But God demonstrated his love toward us, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. How do we do it? It's by having God's Holy Spirit fill us. The love of God is poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. When we come into relationship, when we acknowledge Christ as our Savior, that's not the end. That's when it opens us up and we see Jesus who's on our strike and accepts that and sacrifice for our sins. Then we're opened up and receive the Holy Spirit and the love of God that transforms us to love Him and to love others, to love first and to love big. Loving God is the first and the great commandment. And that's what we're called to do. So ask yourself, who in your life who in your life do you need to demonstrate love as a, as a reflection of your love for God? And then ask yourself, how are you going to do it this week? And I challenge you to do Who do you need to demonstrate love? And to figure out a way.